0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Thunder Chats here, coming to you with our presenting sponsor once again, BetOnline.ag. It is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's Pro Basketball Playoffs. Bet Online is your always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB nhl hockey right to ufc and boxing bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action be sure to use our promo code b-l-e-a-v that is capital letters b-l-e-a-v believe to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntinger, at Thunder Chats. We're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, I am joined by two lovely gentlemen. First, we got all the way on the West Coast. He might think it's the best coast. It is late night for us, but it is early for him. The one, the only,
0: Stephen Berlin. What up, Dylan? this is prime time, baby. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm happy to be here.
2: Um, you're you're watching, happy to be you're, back. You're watching the Lakers game without complaining about the time.
0: I'm I'm watching the Lakers game and being very thankful for the time, man. The, <laughs> this, the late games are the only ones I get to like watch live. Yeah. So, um, I would. I it, the only problem is like I can't watch like Blazers games. They're on all the time, and I can't watch them because I'm blacked out. So Uh, the uh, the time zone giveth, the time zone taketh away.
1: There's a fancy little website uh, that I can tell you about after this, and you can watch any game.
0: But yeah, and I do, and I use the I use the streams, but you can't rewind and like. That's, that's the worst part, honestly, because I, I pay all this money for League Pass, and it's like, okay, what's on tonight? Oh, nothing, because it's on TNT, and <laughs> or it's the Blazers. Yeah,
1: that's fair. League Pass needs to fix their crap. But, hey, you heard another voice in the background. It's the one, the only, the compadre, the compatriot, the Alex, the Alejandro, Alex Roig.
2: Thank you. Wow, that's a <laughs> – a lot better than I've gotten here, in, you know, in past podcasts. So I'll <laughs> take it, man.
1: I, I think I'm gonna have to go full Chris Vernon uh, whenever he introduces Kevin O'Connor for Alex, uh, with all the different things I use to hype him
2: up from now on. I'm, I mean, I'm down, man. Uh, you know, I, I am not. I am not averse to uh, to having my ego, um, you know, my my ego uh, lifted. So I'm I'm good, man.
1: There you go. I like it. Well, boys, uh, the last time we had a podcast, uh, all three of us was on it. Uh, It was very good times. We were actually in very joyous moves. We were rejoicing in the victory of the Thunder over the Pelicans. Uh, Since then, a few things have happened. Um, Spoiler alert, in case you didn't know, we we lost the next game to the Timberwolves. Um, But also... Wait, there was another game? (laughs) I mean, I I guess you could call it that.
0: I was under the impression that that Pelicans game was the last game of the season.
2: I thought we won the championship after that. Like, didn't people like jump on on top of the scores table and uh, throw jerseys people around?
0: People were at the airport like
2: two days That's later true. for some yeah. reason.
1: That was true. Shout, shout out to those people, by the way. Um, but yeah, no. So so that happened. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of bad things happened in that game in terms of our uh, shooting, our defending, and also Shea getting hit in the eye. Uh, not not fun times, personally. Um, but then we transitioned to the exit interviews, and that happened. And we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're also going to you know start taking a step forward into the future. The season is over. We're gonna process these exit interviews, and you guys know what's next. It's our, it's kind of our bread and butter at this point. Like I, I, I'm very proud of the coverage that we did last year in the NBA draft, and we're running it back, man. Like all, all the names that you guys know and love from last year, guys from No Ceilings, uh, Hoop Intellect, uh, Mavs Draft, Draft Dummies. Raphael Barlow's gonna be coming on. Derek Murray. Like we're gonna have Simon Rath.
2: Simon Rath, maybe.
1: Yeah, get some get some Hawks Draft Nerd. Uh, I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna get some other names on here too. I've reached out to a few people, you know, kind of waiting on it. Uh gonna have Thunder Twitter being representative on here. Obviously, you're gonna hear our voices like we're gonna have a murderer's row of draft pods. So just stay tuned, it's gonna be awesome. And we're gonna start out uh, this podcast talking about draft, uh dipping our toes in it with some toe-deep draft takes. So uh before we get to that though, as I said, guys exit interviews happened first it was the players and classic single large item uh we're going to kind of go around and just give like one takeaway we had from all the pl- ex- players exit interviews so uh as we usually do dolan it's so rare you're on here so we gotta let you have it first
0: how often do i have to be on before i can get bumped of the order a
2: little <laughs> bit? <laughs> i mean you're kind of you're kind of getting there man
0: I've been on, this is two in a row. It, you know,
2: it's like, it's like it's between you and Tierney. Mm. It's a long gap, but
0: this is consecutive podcasts. Yes. Yes. All right. Um. My number one single large item from the Players Media Day was Mark Dagnall. Mm. He's
2: not a player. No, I'm joking.
0: I just, I loved how everybody talked about him. um And so, well, I get, let me go back a little bit. My number one takeaway from the player exit interviews was that Dylan is a psychopath for listening to his podcast on Times Two.
2: <laughs>
0: because that's what I did to just like burn through these. And my brain was <laughs> mush by the time I got done. I felt like I was like chugged eight cups of coffee and was just yeah. like. Hold
2: on. So. So I listen you know I listen to podcasts at about one point five, and okay. but I can't do that with um with Ryland Styles because <laughs> my guy talks fast as it is to begin with, and yeah. so like listening to him on like one point five it's like Arch-news it's style. just like, yeah, it's just like, whoo no, Ryland like no man i we I got twist on I, the mic."
1: I got a bumpy no, down
2: Because
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I, I I need to confess that I don't know who asked most of these questions. So I'm just gonna like put that out there. I could identify Andrew's voice because it's just so familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I could identify Ryland Styles for that exact reason. Is he's, he's just like mile a minute. Um, but everybody else just kind of blended together and I couldn't, couldn't pick them out. So
1: I just want to say, I listened to stuff on 1.8 or 1.9 speed, uh, times mm-hmm. two is a little bit too far from, for my, okay. you know, for my
0: liking, So but, yeah. that only psychopath. makes you 85 to 90% of a psychopath. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Psycho behavior, baby. <laughs> So I don't know who was asking the questions, but there were, I think, a couple different reporters who were asking every player about Mark and just like kind of getting their overall take from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the back end of the, of the roster, it really, the answers were kind of more generic, but I really enjoyed the things that the kind of stars or like the core pieces said about Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Shea, of course, called him the head of the snake and said he fully agrees with his mental approach. Uh, Josh, Josh Giddy said, if I could build a coach, it would be Mark Dignall. Chet said he should be coach of the year. Like, these are the main guys that we need to be happy in our team long-term that we need to grow as much as possible. And these guys love our head coach. Um, and I'm just ecstatic with that situation. Yeah, for sure, man. And I,
1: I think that, you know, Mike Chet saying he should have been coach of the year, you know, you talk about that it seems like they asked every player about Mark Dagnall. Somebody's probably, somebody's probably angling for a little, uh, not, not coach of the year article, but, you know, talking, making an article about how Mark Dagnall was runner up for coach of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you, Joe Masato. I got my eye on you for that one. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think it's just a testament because, you know, whenever we brought Mark in as head coach, obviously he was with the blue. He was at the G League and he was known for, you know, developing players. But um, we learned very early on in the players' conversations and, you know, how he interacted with the players like on the sideline. He's kind of a player's coach. Like, you know, he's he's is he the youngest coach in the league still or is he like no. one of the
2: youngest coach? OK, I think I think Missoula is, uh, is younger than him. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, yeah. One of the youngest coaches in the league. So, you know, he's, he's more likely to relate to them and as a talk, guy. like Oh yeah. Uh, for again, Will Hardy. Yeah. 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 C- couldn't remember his name for a second, but um, you know, he's, he's a player's coach. He's a guy that, you know, really relates to the guys and seems to like care about them on a personal level. And I think that that resonates with the players. And, you know, we kind of thought, you know, he could be a stepping stone as a coach. Like he's, I think Alex even used the phrase, you know, there's there's peacetime leader and, like, wartime leader, you know, kind of like, you know, Dagnall be the tanking, developing coach and then the winning coach. And we saw, at least in the Pelicans game, just a glimpse into the types of adjustment he makes, type of game plans and strategies he has. I think Dagnall's a wartime coach. I think he's a winning time coach. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Those Those quotes excited me.
2: Yeah, he definitely, like, like, here's the thing, like, with Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks was a – he's he's a player's coach. Scott Brooks is a type of coach that he can take a young team and develop them up, but as we saw and as we've seen in this time in Washington, you know, he's just not a coach that is there for, like, the X's and O's. He's not a coach that's going to take you far in the playoffs. Um, Billy Donovan, he's more of a um, – like a, a tech – like a technical coach like he's real good at developing a good defense because hell he had Chicago in the second half of the season as the number one defense in the league and I have no idea how the hell you do that with Zach Levine and um, uh, Vucevic on your team playing heavy minutes it's all Alex Crusoe. I mean yeah it's all Alex (laughs) Crusoe. no man like an NBA an NBA offense will pick you apart and but he's been able to kind of you know he's been able to strategize and and you know get that team going with its its strengths and make up for the, the weaknesses but i think that dagnalt is i w- i don't want to call him a player's coach i think he's a people's coach like mm-hmm. this guy is able to he's able to connect on a level that is different than the normal coach player relationship um and you know as much that as much as people want to like you know, want to do like coach speak or player speak when it comes to like at the end of the season. Like you kind of thought that the first couple seasons when he was in, but this last season, it seemed, it seemed more genuine. It seemed more different. And it seems like this is a genuine thing. This is a real thing as far as him being not just a coach, but like, I don't want to say father figure because maybe it's a father figure because he's so young, but a lot of our guys are like you know in their teen, you know in their early twenties and you know mid twenties not even, and so I could I could definitely see them seeing him as a as a like a father figure but I just think it's awesome that he is able to grow with this team and I'm hoping that he's able to to see this thing all the way through um, with this iteration of the Thunder.
1: You're muted, Dawn.
2: You're muted, dog.
0: Uh, a really cool, like supportive uncle.
2: There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the cool uncle, not the drunk uncle. The cool uncle. Drunk uncle was a uh, PJ Carlismo.
0: <laughs> the only justification for
1: certain KD at two. <laughs> All right, go home, now, PJ. You're drunk.
2: And now that just kind of you know that, that kind of sparks uh, SNL drunk uncle skits with pj carlisman whatever if you watch this and know you know
1: i y k y k um all right alex go ahead man what's your single large item for this player sex interviews
2: i mean just for me it was i'm, I'm not going to give you quotes like dolan did um but for me it was more the mm. the general feeling uh no that wasn't <laughs> no we're not we're not we're not doing strays in this one stop we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> No, this is a happy pod. This is a, this is a happy pod. Um, but I think that just the genuine, like, this team knows where they're heading, and this team is okay with the steps being taken to get there. Like, this team is not, like, wanting to rush it. This team knows that they're going to take their bumps, they're going to take their bruises, but they're going to do it together. Um, and so I, I just feel, I feel very excited for the future. And I think the players for the most part feel very excited for the future, maybe not players like, maybe like Trey man, you know, he might, you know, see a little bit of trepidation in the future, but I think for our core pieces, I think they're very excited for the future and they're very excited for, you know, seeing this thing through seeing this journey through. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I have. For sure.
1: I, I buy into that, man. I mean, you know, obviously Shay and Giddy are like locked in, uh, you know, Jalen Williams, um, dub, um, you know, he's obviously a rookie. So, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, still has like that all shucks happy to be here energy because, you know, he just went through his first like NBA season, but, you know, even still, like he's, he seems very excited for, you know, What's going to happen with this team? And another person that's, like, you know, very excited for the future, obviously, so transitioning the Mustang Large item, Chet Holmgren, who had uh, my biggest takeaway with what he said on there. And it was, you know, he said that, you know, during his time out, he took the opportunity, you know, obviously, you know, you want to attack the rehab, you want to get better so you can get on the court. Next season, you know, without a hitch and everything like that, and you know, based on what everybody said, even what Presty said, it seems like he's on track, like perfect track for doing that. But not uh, only he's did, playing five on
0: five. That's a note I had. He, there, multiple people said he's the Chet's playing five on five right now.
1: There you go, and that's that's amazing. And but this this is the thing, man. He said that I'm confident in my ability to shoot, but I have taken my time during this rehab to rework my jump shot. And I think that, you know, basically he said he's fine-tuning his jump shot and he thinks that he can truly be an elite three point shooter and he wants to be an elite three point shooter. And guys, I mean, we, we saw like, you know, a small sample size in summer league, but I think he shot somewhere around 40, 42% from three on like not low volume in terms of, you know, shooting the ball. And I mean, obviously, that's a small sample size. And I think in college, he shot 35%, which is great for a big man. But like, if he just, like, just imagine he comes in with like Carl Anthony Towns three point shooting volume and three point shooting percentage, like eight attempts on 40% a game. I don't think he's going to shoot the ball eight times from the three point line, but like, say, like five, six attempts a game around like 40% shooting and how much that changes this team offensively. It's going yeah. to be crazy, boys. Like like uh, like old boy Aubrey Drake Graham said, very, very scary, like stuff you see in the movies.
0: Yeah, obviously, we know that the team is aware that they have a need for shooting, for spacing, um, to make space for Shea, just to, because it's the modern NBA. Like They'd be stupid not to, and we all know this team's not stupid. But it was really encouraging to me just how many players made a point of saying that the thing that they want to work on is their shooting. Like you have Chet, like you just said, who said he's been working on it. Um, J-Dub said his three ball and getting to the line are two of the three things that he really wants to work on. The other being um, watching Lou Dort and becoming a Lou Dort on defense, which is just freaking scary. Like Love that. Fingers crossed because that would be amazing. Um, and then Giddy talked for a long time about working with chip and how that's going to be like the main thing he works on this summer. And they were like, what are you going to work on specifically? He was like, whatever chip says. And I love that. He was like, we already made a jump this year and we're hoping we can do that again, because it just shows how he's tracking his percentages and how conscious he is of it at all times. Mm -hmm. And so just that idea that the whole team is really focused on becoming better shooters and knows that that's what this team needs to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. was just really encouraging.
2: Can we can we go ahead and can we start including Chip England whenever we talk about like the best free agent pickups for the Thunder? <laughs> can we start including Chip England in there because I feel like he's so he's so tantamount to to the six the future success of this team. Like you know, whenever Chet's talking about you know developing his shot, that means that you know outside of outside of the cameras, you know, not within the, the scope of the cameras, he's working behind the scenes with Chip England. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's putting in that work, he's putting in that, you know, that time to develop that shot, to to probably make it more quick release, to probably make it, you know, more at a, at a higher, you know, at a higher position to start off with. And so those types of things are gonna carry him throughout his career. And so, you know, we need to start including Chip England on the top of the free agent list, whenever it comes to talking about, you know, Thunder pickups,
1: put some respect on Chip Engelin's name. Yes, do it, man. Um, yeah. If if I was just gonna do a bonus one, just because I have to, because there's a million pictures of him behind me. Um, I, I just admired that Shea is not complacent with his success this year. Um, obviously, you know, he has bigger goals team wise, but I mean, this is a guy that came in and scored. 30 points per game, was a top five scorer, probably going to be top five MVP, first team All-NBA for, for a guard. Um, and he said, you know, there's still a lot that I can improve. Mike, you know, he goes in, I think he said that he goes into every summer and, like, chooses a couple things. I think he said that his team, like, identifies a couple things that he really wants to add to his game. And, I mean, we saw the jump he made defensively this year, and that was really more of like off ball, like team defensive jump, which was great. And like, it was awesome. And I love what I saw and I want to see more of it, but like, I, I just like, there's going to be some on ball defensive jump, I I believe in the next couple of years. And I think there's going to be a shooting jump. And, you know, we've, he's not a sieve when it comes to shooting the basketball. Like we know he can shoot the basketball. It's just a fact of getting him to take those shots. And, I I think that this year, this off season, when Shay gets in the lab, and he has oh, time yeah. to work on his game,
2: that three balls coming. Tell, tell me it's the off season without telling me it's the off season. <laughs> Shea's in the lab, baby. I love it. All right, boys.
1: Well, uh, any final thoughts on the players' exit interviews before we uh, transition into the 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 profit of Sam Pref- Presti?
0: I got a few
2: immaculate vibes
0: great vibes mm-hmm. um thunder u was like well represented they everybody kept talking about multiple players talked about how it was so cool everybody's the same age and is so young and has so much in common and how close that makes them and how it's like a college atmosphere mm-hmm. um, and that really helps with the vibes um another cool thing and this kind of bleeds into Sam Presti's availability is that Shea, Dort, Giddy, and Poku, because that, that one's from Presti, are all going to be playing for their national teams at the World Cup mm-hmm. this summer. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really cool um, to see those guys on that stage to varying degrees of playing time. In Poku's case, I guess. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, <laughs> but um, Giddy and Shea and Dort obviously should be all over the place. And that'll be really cool.
1: Man, imagine if Australia and Canada match up. That'd be so fun.
0: That
2: would be so cool. <laughs> hey, uh, and uh apparently we're we're a good laptop. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Good old oh, uh, Jalen Williams, J Dub, was asked what he's going to do with his hair this summer, mm. and he said he's not sure, but he might braid it or he might go completely bald. Those were the two yeah. options. he presented. Oh shoot, that would be jarring. Yeah. So either way, I think what Katie called the bush is going to be gone, if if that's to mm-hmm. be taken seriously. And I don't know how I'm going to handle that because I love it.
2: Well, hey, and. In- In, you know, in the absence of the bush, I'm going to go ahead and grow my my hair out and I'm going to go ahead and get it braided then.
1: There you go. You heard it here first. Yes. Topic Thunder, baby. Um, (laughs) God, I had another one and I lost it. I'm so mad. I mean, this,
2: this podcast will probably go on for about another 45 minutes. So I think if you remember it, we can come back to it.
1: Listen, you're being generous, man. We're we getting draft takes? We we going all night? Probably going all night. How long dude. are your toes?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, she... oh, god. oh god, oh god! I really want to know what was I thinking?
2: Giddy, J. Will, J. Will. I think it was
1: Chet. Chet. What did Chet? Say? Oh yeah. Wings, There's Wings. a chance, Chet, or. It's, it it seems pretty likely that Chet's going to oh, play yeah, summer league. league. Yeah.
2: I hope I was I, really I, proud. I, I, I hope like he at least goes for like the uh, the Utah one that's only a couple games. Yeah. Like yeah. I know the you know the Vegas one is like 2 weeks, damn near 2 weeks. But, you know, I hope the uh, the Utah one's just a couple, you know, 3 or 4, I think it's like up to 5 days and that's about it. Um, you know, just have them run up and down there and let's see what you got.
1: Getting basketball shape,
2: baby. Yeah. What did you
0: say, Um, I was just really proud of how good of a soldier Chet was. Like, you could tell he was so excited and wanted to answer every question with, like, I'm back, baby, but he still, like, reeled it in <laughs> and, like, gave the same Presti answer um, that he was told by Matt Tumbleson off screen that he was supposed to give. He, he did a good job of reeling his excitement in. Way to go,
1: Chet. You're going right before our eyes. Well, speaking of Presty, uh, let's get into it, man. Takeaways from the Presty exit interview. I started with Dolan last time and he complained about it. So I'm going with Alex. Alex, do you have a takeaway from Presty's exit interview?
2: Yes. Fluffy fluffy pancakes and car washes. Nah, love, man, like like my, my my thing, my thing was number one, again, you know, just being realistic about the situation, you know. Um I think Presti has, I think Presti has learned from previous experiences, and I, I think he he knows that Thunder fandom is just rearing. You know, they just want to go ahead and and get back to that you know to that time period where they're contending not just for playoff spots, like contending for championships. And he back knows to the that, top of the mountain. Yeah, back to that top of that mountain. Um, and, you know, he did a good job of like tempering those imp- expectations, consistently saying that this team did not even finish 500, which is very true, you know, which is very true. And I, I think for the most part, and I think if you if you gave Sam Pressy some some truth serum, he would say that, look, yes, we made it to the play in game, you know, but there were a lot of things in the Western Conference that kind of allowed us to get to that point you know, as far as like other teams. And so I think he knows that while it looked very good this year, that there's still some growing up to do with this team. And so I felt like he did a very good job with that. Um, and just, I mean, just the, you know, we talk about the vibes when it comes to the players. I think if you look back and look at the vibes, whenever this rebuild first started and look at Sam Presty versus what you saw for his, for his uh, exit interview for this season, you know, he was cracking jokes. He was very relaxed. You know, he was out there in a t-shirt like it was just a different mood from him than it has been in the past. Like I think he knows that this team is is well on its way. and And I think he knows that his experiment of creating this team of just a bunch of ball handling, big, you know, ability to do multiple things on the court type of team is starting to starting to take hold and starting to leave its imprint on the league. Um, And so I do think that he is very excited for what is coming. And he is, um, you know, he's excited to to kind of work this thing through. Like, this is the first time, like, he didn't – he kind of got that with the first iteration. But, of course, he came in, you know, whenever they had to trade, you know, whenever they had to draft Kevin Durant and Jeff Green and go from there. I think this time around he's been able to kind of put the – put the pieces on the chessboard the way he wants it and then select players from there to kind of set this up. So I think he's, you know, he's rearing to go as far as the second mountain, you know, we're staring that sucker down and I'm just excited to see, what, you know, where it goes from there.
1: Yeah, he has such a way with how he says things. I love it. Um, you know, kind of talking about the tempering expectations, It, I, I can't help but like look back at, um, whenever we first hired John Calipari at UK, um, you know, obviously I've told you guys about Big Blue Madness. I, I mean, they have them all over the country for other school programs, but like, you know, um, what did you call it? it it's called Big. Well, it's called Big Blue Madness for for oh, us. But like, yeah, Midnight Madness or you okay, know, okay. Hoosier Hysteria. I think in Indiana, like you know, they all got. Their I was own like, I was names. like, Big Blue. Did you say Big Blue, Blue Magic? <laughs> yeah, no, Big Blue Madness. It's, it's like the first time that we okay. get to see the the players on that year's team and Cal goes out there and he gives like this big speech. Everybody calls it the the State of the Bluegrass Address. Um, he doesn't really do that much anymore, but like those first three years, I like I went to every year and I remember it because every time Cal was like, we're not very good right now. And just like just crapping on his players, like tempering the expectations because you know Kentucky fans like were really we got, excited. We just we had Billy Gillespie
2: We <laughs> you know we got eight five stars on this team, but yeah, yeah, we're not very good right now.
1: Yeah, no that that that's that's all he said every year. And like you know, Elite Eight, Final Four, Championship, like those first three years, and like nobody believed him. And then 2013, we went to the NIT. You know, after Ern- Ern- Nerlens Noel tore ACL, but like it. it the whole point of what I was trying to say is like, I, I think that much like Cow did, Presty detects. You know, like you were saying, Alex. Like, you know, not the animosity, but like the anxiousness and the excitement uh, of what's building, like in the fan base, and you know the the expectations are are high next year because you know you have this team that sure a lot of things didn't go right um, in the Western Conference for other teams, but. We're not exempt from that. Like Presti said in the interview, the sky falls twice on every team in the NBA every year. Per year, yeah. And first, we lost jet Holmgren, which would have been a big part of the team. And second, we lost Kendrick Williams, who would have been huge in that, you know, stretched where we were trying to make the plans and, you know, even battling for playoff seedings. And also in that game of Minnesota, we really could have used Kendrick Williams. So like, you know, there's, there's caveats both ways. And so you're getting Chet back, you're getting Kendrick Williams back and you're getting a lottery pick in this draft class, Uh, a draft class that I think is really strong, you know, as we're going to, you know, get in and talk about it. So it's hard to temper those expectations, but he's doing his best to try. I don't believe him. I think he's bluffing. He knows we're winning 50 games next year. (laughs)
2: My turn? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I'm about to yeah, say, yeah, hey, you, that, you, was, that was a long breath. Like, He's about to spit thought, a bar. I thought he was about to go all in on that.
0: Well, I was just making sure that we didn't have anything else to say. I um,
1: forgot you can't like tell where my eyes are staring at. I was just staring yeah, at your soul. Just, we're just
0: getting all reflection on Dylan's glasses. Um, so He's it's, it's just a blank stare. It's fair also. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of yeah. all saying similar things here which is that i just admire how competitive this organization is and that they're willing to like do the hard things that can cost them games in the current because and it comes from a place of such intense competition like people like to say that um tanking is uncompetitive or that you know not competing in a certain game is uncompetitive but really it's the most competitive thing that an organization can do Mm -hmm. is to sacrifice good feelings now sacrifice um attendance right the thunder had bad attendance this year um they go through the pain of like pulling these traded player exceptions out of every deal just in case it comes in handy later um they they reward their two-way players by giving them real contracts on the off chance that they you know find a lou dort down the line which probably will never happen again but we might get a two-way guy who we weren't otherwise gonna get and it's because we've been giving these two way guys money so their agents Mm -hmm. will the next agent will say oh you know our our guy would love to comfort to you because you have a history of rewarding your guys um they develop players like, down the stretch of this season, they're giving... Probably most teams would have just given Dario Sarge the starting job. You know? But mm-hmm. maybe down the line, Jalen Williams, J-Will, ends up being a valuable backup big for us. And it's because we kept giving him the starting job this season instead of yeah. Sarge. I um, also
1: probably wouldn't convert all these two-way players to full contracts before then waiving them.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Just giving money away in a lot of cases. You know, and it's because we might get the next two-way guy who Mm -hmm. turns out to be Lou Dort. Um, There are so many examples in sports, like within a game, of taking a step back being the right move to win that game specifically, like fouling at the end of a game. You're giving the other team points. That's so uncompetitive. Like, no, that's how you can win. Uh, Punting in football. Like, how can you give the ball up? Shouldn't you go for it? Aren't you competitive? Of course not, because that would be dumb. And it really comes down to, what game you're playing, right? The Thunder aren't playing basketball. The Thunder are playing NBA. The Thunder are playing... Mm-hmm. The the way you win NBA is to have a team capable of winning a championship for multiple years in a row, and you don't get that by, like, playing the game the Wizards are playing, which is win on Tuesday at all costs. As, like, it's a as different Be- game. As
2: betonline.ag would say, they're playing professional basketball.
0: <laughs> right. So... Like it's it's just it's what game you're playing is what it comes down to and not like whether or not you want to win, because I would say the Thunder are one of the most competitive organizations in the National Basketball Association and the pain they're going through exemplifies that. But the thing that kept hitting me and we all know, like this is the thing about Thunder basketball that everybody says is Presty said it. We draft people, not players. Mm-hmm. multiple players during the exit interviews said like only good people come through these doors. Like, and that's from the trainers to Presty to the coaches, to the players, everybody like this organization while remaining hyper competitive has kept like a moral center.
2: Yeah. And
0: I'm so proud of that. Like you see the Rockets and the Warriors have Anthony Lamb on their rosters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the horn, the the Hornets are probably about to sign Miles Bridges again. I'm sure, and they have mm-hmm. James Booknight on their roster, who's getting the UIs left and right. Um, somebody's going to talk themselves into Brandon Miller and just say, you know, like technically it wasn't a crime, and you know, fine. The Thunder's only example that I can think of is DeAndre Liggs, who had his girlfriend, and the Thunder cut him like yeah, he's kind of he, made it right here. he was gone, and that, well, like, him, and, that him and McGarry.
2: Right, but I mean, you know, like
1: Shooter had that that spat.
2: Yeah, but they So, here's the thing, they did their due diligence on that yeah. beforehand
1: also. Yeah.
0: And that's not like the Liggins, like whatever, he's an end of the bench guy. Like that's no big shakes to cut a guy, but like the the Rockets brought in Anthony Lamb knowing the situation. So did the Warriors and he's an end of the bench guy. They just don't care. And like I'm I'm sitting here watching Rockets fans and Raptors fans talk themselves into not caring about Imei Yudoka. Blazers fans have already, like, moved on from caring about Chauncey Billups things. And this is just not a thing that's ever going to happen with the Thunder. Mm -hmm. And that's a disadvantage competitively. You know, like, you remove options from the table with that kind of – taking that kind of stance. Um, But this is part of the reason why – people who act like tanking is some kind of moral outrage are so silly to me. It's like, because these are the moral things. Like there are real moral things involved here. We have, there's sexual harassment and abuse and like violence and the thunder don't dabble in that stuff. Like if you want to get morally outraged, the thunder aren't where you're coming because they are competitive as hell, but they have a line. And it's just so nice that I'm not going to have to like ever explain to my daughter how like, Oh, you know, they're being competitive. Like, how could they not hire this coach? Um, it would be uncompetitive not to do it because there's a line and there's some things that are bigger than basketball. And within the NBA, within basketball, the Thunder will do anything, but there are things that supersede that. And it's just so nice to have a team that won't make me have those conversations with my daughter.
1: There you sure go. Down. Well said, man. <clears throat> uh, with that, I'm going to go into my single daughter for this one and uh, that this was just a you know just just another prestiism that he dropped in the middle of the press conference, and he said, <clears throat> you know we've got to eat our bread in slices and not the whole loaf, <laughs> that <was> and <laughs> that that just tells me that you know much like this organization has done in the past and through this rebuild, they are going to practice patience, and they've they've found a formula through this draft and it's worked to this point like you know you got josh giddy you got joe and you got jim williams you got the legend who's monjang i mean you you know you've got legitimate pieces from you know just trusting your scouting and trusting your development staff and you know we have three picks in this draft right
2: yeah one one first two seconds
1: one first two seconds, yeah. So we had three picks in this draft. Uh, I mean, it's possible there's movement within the draft, but in terms of like going out and getting a big name next year, uh, going out and signing a random veteran free agent big man, I, I just don't see it happening. I think that they're going to, you know, they have a formula that they like and they're going to stick to it. They're going to go out there and they're going to draft who they believe is the best fit for their team, for the organization, for their culture. I'm sorry, for their environment, Sam Presti. Uh, we don't use the word culture anymore. Um, and, you know, they're going to trust their development staff to, you know, bring them along, get them adjusted to the NBA, get them adjusted to their style of play. And, you know, kind of what the, the you know, seed the fruits that are bared from that point. Um, and, you know, I think that they're going to focus on developing within. And I don't, you know, we have all these picks. Yes. But, at this point, like I just don't think that they're going to cash it in for, you know, a player like that. As much as I would love to have Mikael Bridges on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I would love to have Mikael Bridges on the Oklahoma City Thunder,
0: get out of my ear. I just,
1: I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. So,
0: is this man eating just like plain bread? There's no mention of spreads or toppings. This man is just eating slices of bread. I mean, have you never just eaten a slice of bread?
1: It it could just be like...
0: I don't think ever in my life have I just eaten a slice slice of bread plain. I don't think that's ever happened. (laughs) Butter, at least. Tell tell me you've never struggled. (laughs) When
1: I was a child, I, I ate a slice of bread. I would roll it up in a ball, though, for whatever reason.
2: There we go, yeah. Or fold it, fold it as many times as possible and then, like, take that bite.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe he's, like, he's talking about, like, Outback. You know, Outback has, like, the whole, like, loaf of rye bread and, like.
0: There's butter right there.
1: Yeah, but you don't have to use it, <laughs> big, with, You don't have to use it. With the big knife. <laughs> you, do, you do not have to use it. They will not put you to work in the kitchen if you don't use the butter. All right. Anywho,
0: anyway, did anybody... No one, I know you no, got I, notes. I, I seriously, like, I. one of my big notes is that Sam Presti pressed the... Whoa, Sam Presti pressed the brakes hard on the free agency. Yeah. So kind of along the same lines of what you were saying. Like, he brought up how people wanted us to max David Lee and Ben Gordon. And interesting phrasing here, he said they chose not to do that. Um take take that what you will. I don't know if it, it sounds like that was on the table based on that phrasing, but that that would have then made it impossible to keep that team together financially. Mm-hmm. Um he said they would be conservative with cap space that they would try to use it in unorthodox ways and not just by signing people. It it, it really felt like a pretty hard like don't expect us to sign anybody big this off season. And you know like he, I'm sure if if I asked him that question directly he would disclaimer it with you know, we always explore everything, like we're open to every option. But it just—he's pretty clear with his messaging sometimes, and it felt like he was trying to be very clear with
2: pumping those. So, brakes. so my biggest, yeah, my biggest thing from that, from what you're saying, Dolan, is he said, "You don't buy paint for the house before seeing mm-hmm. the house." Mm, Precepts. Yeah, and so basically, he so already was, has was, the blueprints. No, but it was—it was in response to. <laughs> Barry Trammell asking him about the four first rounders that we possibly have in 2024. Yes, in 2024. And he was like, you know, is anything you're doing now going to affect how you feel about those four picks that you have in 2024? And basically, you know, pumping your brakes, he basically told him, look, you don't, you know, you don't buy a new house. You don't buy the paint for a new house without first seeing the house. And so to me, that just sounds like, hey, we're going to go into this season. and It's going to be another season of exploration because we have to see what this team looks like with Chet before we can actually start to be like, OK, this is exactly what we need. This is exactly you know, who we should target. And four first round picks, if we still have them after this draft, would be a great thing to kind of start seeing, OK, we can kind of position ourselves to hopefully take you know, a player here, a player there that we need. I still think that this draft, you know, kind of like not foreshadowing what we're going to be talking about, um, but this draft, we're we're still going to be going BPA and not necessarily, you know, drafting for a position of need. So,
1: Will we ever draft for position of need, Dolan?
2: Yeah, man, we've done it.
0: You know, I feel like when the team was good, they did do that. I mean, Cole Aldridge. That was a, they tried to go get their center, you know? And then they did Steven Adams right after that. As soon as it turned out, he wasn't working. Um, Campaign, like that was, we needed a backup point guard. So like, yeah, they have, they have a history in the past. Once they've seen the house, of you know, buying exactly the amount of paint they need.
2: Yep.
1: That's true. Because a lot of paint retailers will not return that paint. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. Listen, I just I just moved into the house. Okay, <laughs> tell you what, man, moving into a house like that needs work done will push you out of your comfort zone in terms of handyman stuff. It's
2: not all I'm, about laying pipes, yeah, man. No kidding.
1: I am not a handyman, but buddy, <laughs> I've done things I never dreamed of doing in this house. So. Uh, yeah thunder basketball guys okay anyways um did you all have anything else that you wanted to mention about sam presti's exit interview before we transition into the future the draft
0: yeah i got a couple go ahead man lay Um, it down one quote that really stuck out to me is funny was he said when he was talking about the thunder's core that and, and look there's a lot of like I, I don't like to pick on specific phrasing really from any of the players, um, but Sam Presti is so deliberate with his words that I feel like any little, any any little um, combination of words is means exactly what he, <laughs> exactly what he intended it to mean. He said that this core has quote a chance to win a lot of games together if they want to. And I thought that was a really – first of all, I think that was a subtweet at James Harden for the first time around that he didn't want to be part of it, and that's kind of why he was sent out. Um, But secondly, he didn't say if they, you know, stick together or if they do put in the work that needs to be done. He said if they want to. Like if these guys want to do this together, if that is – part of their desires then they can do it and i feel like he's kind of laying the groundwork maybe for sacrifices will need to be made by a few people because we're not going to be able to pay four max contracts that's just facts like Mm
1: -hmm. shay
0: Jalen, giddy and chet theoretically are all going to need max contracts and that's probably not going to happen so i think he's kind of laying the groundwork for like Look, you guys could be great if you want that together.
2: Mm,
1: Yeah. Mm. Take a pay cut for greatness.
2: I don't know if I like how that sounds. Mm. Yeah.
0: I mean, and maybe they're not, and then we only end up with three of them.
2: Yeah. And that's the way it is, but we can't pay for max contracts. Here we go again. Here we go again with, uh, you know, drafting too well (laughs) and having to pay for it at the end.
0: Dang it, Sam!
2: It's Miss a good problem to have. Damn you, scouting right. department!
0: I mean, in these days, with the way trades look, you're not going to end up with what was Jeremy Lamb, one year of Kevin Martin, and like a first and a second. That that oh, wouldn't yeah, be the package. No. That's an atrocious return.
1: Just absolutely atrocious. Yeah, but at least nice. yeah. it ended up
0: just being Stephen Adams, basically
1: and one, one year of kevin martin one great year of kevin martin by the a great way.
0: year of kevin martin bad jeremy lamb mm-hmm. bad mitch mcgary and then hey, alex you know, sabrina alex sabrinas yeah for what it for what he was worth we miss you Senor. um
2: yeah which he, um, just, he just he i think he he broke a record or something like that in euro league uh, as oh. far as like career three-pointers so congratulations
0: Best sideburns
2: yes yeah.
0: Um, another little subtweet and I'm not sure who this one was targeted at but he's when he was talking about Andre Robertson he said he found a way to be a really impactful player on like a really good team he wasn't the reason that we didn't advance to the finals in 2016 it was like he, there was a lot of emphasis on that he like he was saying somebody was I don't know who dun, he was talking dun, about dun. it
1: was Draymond Green obviously you know kicking Steve Nash <laughs> in the nuts
0: <laughs> right <laughs> Um, and my last thought after listening to Sam Presti talk is he said that there was someone who came to him for advice. He didn't give any hints as to who, and all I could think was like, I am not at a place in my life with like my thought processes and ambitions to be capable of getting advice from Sam Presti. (laughs) Like if I asked him for advice, he would just be like, you're not ready or Anything I have to say, like, get it together terrible before we when can you, even have. You'd have
1: a to psychoanalyze it for like months.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Totally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would do that too. He'd be like, "A brick is not laid without cement."
2: What
0: does it mean? <laughs> I don't know what that does
1: mean. I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I saw bricks and I saw bricks I on the wall.
0: I think <laughs> it's factually inaccurate. Actually. I think bricks are commonly laid without cement. But are they? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa.
1: <laughs> Break my own mind. It's freaking twelve thirty in the morning. We got we got a whole another half to go, boys. Let's get into it. After we're from these sponsors. Just one sponsor. Actually, I think it's multiple.
2: It is multiples. And anyway, right. he loves New Dort
1: oh yeah Pressy does yeah you're right all right and we're back after a word from those sponsors so
0: guys a whole nother
1: half a whole nother half that I half thought time. we were
0: going toe deep Whoa.
1: you gotta have a few takes man between all uh, yeah. of us I, my I don't have I was
0: going pinky toe
1: <laughs> hey you got five toes huh? hey, five you're six, takes. You're six four toes,
2: your your pinky toe is probably pretty big
1: it's pretty long. It's <laughs> as big as my pinky, some say. Uh,
2: but yeah, guys,
1: in case you didn't know, we're diving into draft takes. Uh, you know, whenever you go to a swimming pool, you want to kind of feel it out. You just kind of, kind of st- stick your toe in there. We're going toe deep with our draft takes today. So, uh, this was something that I randomly decided to throw on my Twitter the other day. Um, you know, got a lot of traction. A lot of people really enjoyed it, and I want to like kind of update it. Um, not only on my Twitter, but also on the podcast, you know, as we brought it to the podcast, as we learn more and more about these prospects, as we hear different opinions from different draft analysts, um, you know, before we get into it, as Dolan has stepped away from the mic, before he comes back in, I will go ahead and say that on either Monday or Tuesday, uh, it will be Monday. if the ruck, Timberwolves, ruck, ruck. Yeah. If, if the temple will somehow steal a game, uh in Denver or against Denver on Sunday night then we will record Monday if not we will record on Tuesday um but the Tylers of no ceiling Tyler Metcalf Tyler Rucker will be kicking off our draft coverage with us so definitely want to tune in for that don't want to miss out on them uh Rucker and Metcalf are I mean just just great in tandem together but like Rucker is like one of the most like plugged in like scout scouting guys like you know in the business uh obviously the conductor of chaos and no ceilings Metcalf's is right hand man he has a very analytical approach to everything uh, i mean like for my money like they're two of the best scouts in the game so uh very very excited to dive into the draft with them i'm Monday or Tuesday. So stay tuned for that uh, as we're still waiting for Dolan. But hey, uh, I think Dolan saw this tweet. So I'll, I'll go ahead and dive in first on on my uh, toe deep draft take. And this one is and was a little bit controversial. So this, is, this has a caveat. I think you know where it's going. If he checks out legally which, you know, again, talking to Rucker, one of the guys that's most plugged in in the scouting space, uh, he says that everything he hears is this guy is a great guy, great personality, like great kid, great character, you know, kind of like a wrong place, wrong time situation. Again, we don't know all the details, but, you know, this is just what I'm hearing secondhand. But if all that checks out and is to be true and he, you know, proves that in the interview process with the Thunder, i would trade a lot for a guy like for a player like brandon miller that is my
2: first toe deep draft take we just got done talking about we draft people hey and it's, uh i don't know man like here's the thing like and this is i've always said this about just people in general like, what you see a lot of times is their, is their representative, not necessarily them. Mm. And I think when a, a lot of times athletes, whenever they step on the court um, and whenever they do interviews and whenever they're talking to their coaches, uh, you know, a lot of times their coaches are, you know, they, the representative that they show their coach is the representative that they would show, like, their parents. Like, it's not going to be the full-on, like, real person. But when they're hanging with their homies, When they're hanging with their friends that's where the real person comes in the in the play and so you know him him bringing a gun which okay you know they they they, they didn't charge him but they did basically say that he brought him a gun um and the gun ended up you know being used in a murder it just is so it's either one of two things either that's not you know the, the person that you're talking about is not the real person or this guy is so naive and not a leader that you know he's easily influenced by you know bad characters into doing bad things that I don't necessarily I don't think he's he's a pressy person like too many red flags.
1: I yeah. ne- never said he was a leader though. You know I I don't want him to be like the best player on the team or anything like that. I was just saying like you know.
2: Well, no, I, I mean get, like yeah, leader I'm, leader yeah. isn't. So I'm not talking about like SGA is the leader of the team. Like, you know, Mark Dagnall has said, well, if you do, if you do something right, you're a leader. Like if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're a leader. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of what I talk about. So like, you know, the whole, you know, being completely aligned with GM, coach, player, like when you talk about Presty Dagnall and SGA, it seems like they're completely aligned. And so I think mm-hmm. somebody like Brandon Miller, which again, Interview process is going to be very important. Like, I don't even know if the Thunder will give him an interview. You know, it may, it may be a possibility that they don't. It's possible. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I don't think he would align with the Thunder. That's just that's just me. Yeah.
1: No, I mean it's not just you. Like to be clear, it is not just you. And I understand that. And I'm not even advocating for, you know, if if, if what he did is what he did, like you know he deserves like. What happens to him? And I don't want him to be a part of this team. I was saying that if he was clear and like everything was like on wrong wrong time, misunderstanding. A lot of caveats. I understand. I'm just saying, like you know, a player type like Brandon Miller,
2: yeah,
1: the I archetype, yeah, because I don't think like there's a very real possibility that what we see is not what we get with Brandon Miller. Like he's still super young. He has so much untapped potential. He could develop even into a further, like all around, just ridiculous basketball player. That's all I'm saying.
2: I got you. Understand?
1: All right, uh, Alex did you did you prepare any toe, d- toe deep draft takes?
2: Toe deep draft takes, like you know what. I, I do have a toe-deep draft take, and
1: I know where it's going. And I was on him before anybody. So go ahead,
2: say it. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's yeah. About, uh, what's, his oh, you know. what's his name? What's K- his K- name? Kula
1: Bilal Kulabali.
2: Yes. Like, here's the thing. Like, like I would, I, and, and like, here's the thing. He is, he is tabbed to be drafted late in the first, early in the second.
1: He's going lottery. You think you think he's really going lottery? I buddy, man. Oh God, he was he was late, like he was mid second round when like yeah. I first discovered him. And I talked to Rucker about him. I talked to Nathan Draft Deeper about him. Like I talked to some of you know some of our like mutuals about him. And I said in the chat, like in our top of Thunder chat, I was like. Be prepared, Bilal Kuala Valley is my guy. And I think Dolan said something like, I'm actively rooting against him then or something like that, as, as Dolan would say. Well, um, so
2: so, so my, my take would be that, like, I think the Thunder, if he impresses enough, and this is me thinking that he's going to go, you know, he was tabbed to go late first, early second. Mm-hmm. They would actually take him at 12 yeah. if, you know, if they really like him. So – that's my I, toe
1: deep. Man, I, I think it's extremely possible. I I I really do. And I, I don't want this to be overcome by my voice. So Dolan, what, what do you think about Bilal Kulabali, of what you've seen of him in your toe deepness?
0: He's awful and I hate him. <laughs> That's consistent.
2: That's consistent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea.
2: You know, it 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 just it just seems like this is a this is this is a story that happens all the time where scouts go to see one player and then they're like oh wait what is this player right here is doing all this stuff let's let's start taking a look at him like i think Bilal Kulabali um it has kind of fallen into that like he's the guy that yes you go to see victor wanyama but mm-hmm. then you're like whoo this guy you know he's out here playmaking he's out here defending he's out here shooting he jumped you know, out six, the freaking gym. Yeah, what is he like? Six foot eight, six foot nine. Like he's—I he, think, think
1: he's six foot six, but he has a seven-one wingspan. There we go. He, yeah, he's yeah. very much like Jalen Williams, which is why I think he's going to have a Jalen Williams type jump in this draft.
2: I could and, see that. I could definitely see that. But yeah, like you—you you see that and you start to notice it. You start to—you start to look at the the archetype of that player, and you're like, you know, Jalen Williams at twelve last year. He, you know, he was great. He was good. He, you know, he has, he has all-star, he has future star written on him. Like, this is the type of player that looks a lot like him. And so I could, I could definitely, you know, you, you may talk about, you know, okay, you don't want to, you don't want to replicate slash duplicate. You don't want to have that out there. But the Thunder have done that before. You know, the Thunder have, have drafted players, you know, JRE and Jalen Williams. May not, you know, they're both second rounders and they may not be, you know, of cause or consequence too much. but you still did that, and you had competition. And ultimately, this season, Jalen Williams, J. Will, won out, uh, and probably mm-hmm. for the future, has probably won out. Um, so, yeah, man, I would, I would love to, I would love to see what, what he has in store as far as the draft combine and things like that.
1: Yeah, and it like just, just to speak to like you know already his rise. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, 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 saw this guy a couple months ago and like, you know, I think Raphael Barlow first tweeted him out and I like kind of looked into him. I was like, Oh, there's another guy from Metropolis nine or M- Metro, Metropolitan's Metropolis. I don't know 92. what their name is. Yeah. No, Met 92. 92. Yeah. yeah, That's what it was. I was like, there's another guy there that might go in the NBA. Okay. And I started looking into him and like, I saw his measurables. I saw what he was doing on the court. I saw the feel. Like, I saw the defense. I was like, wait a minute, this guy. This is a guy that has like high upside. And, you know, like I, I highlighted him as my guy. And on these toe deep draft takes that I tweeted out Monday, I said, Bilal Kulaly in the second, parentheses, please still be there. Since then, you know, when I'm like scheduling these, uh, you know, interviews, guys come on for the draft. I'm talking to draft deeper Nathan Grubel. And he said, if I'm the Thunder, I'm taking him at pick 12. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, what? Like I'm expecting to go second round. And then Jonathan Gavoni tweets out, I think on Thursday, that he is officially declared for the draft. And he says, projected first round pick Bilal Koulibaly. Like, he's already rising up. And he hasn't even done an interview, hasn't done a combine, hasn't done a workout, hasn't done measurements. Like, he's going lottery. Mark it down.
2: I mean, the good thing about that is, as more players like that, him – uh, Rayon Rupert, like those guys, maybe start to climb up. Some of those guys that we talked about, like in the middle of the lottery, may start to drop down, which is not a bad thing for us. Yeah, for sure.
0: I just gotta say, I came prepared for toe deep, and you guys, <laughs> <laughs> Dylan is citing the exact wingspan of Victor Wembanyama's <laughs> teammate when I say toe deep I mean I'm like the information that we have hey just wait till I mean, we get
2: into the draft coverage for Steve how you fat.
0: oh god hey excuse me <laughs>
1: <laughs> first of is all a personal how dare you <laughs> <laughs> Steve said I, I a, see you're Steve how you fat and I raised you at Alex how
2: dare you
0: I thought Steve was about to be
2: like, I am a Christian. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, all right no one, what's your toe deep
2: draft take? Let's get into it. I don't have any names. <laughs> we're gonna draft a player. It doesn't
0: include names. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> no we're gonna draft the, we're no gonna one.
2: we're gonna we're gonna draft a person who was birthed by a woman.
1: Dolan has the rent like the edge of his toenail and, and that's how deep he's I,
0: I was just gonna say that the the obvious need for this team is like a big athletic four, but I think it would be cool to have like a no conscience gunner guy off the bench, like just a, a bucket, a guy who can get buckets. I mm-hmm. think that would be fun. Um, and I don't know who that is. I was hoping <laughs> you could tell me because I'm in my toes here. <laughs> how, how, I just feel like Steve I was did, set up. Like I came, I feel like I was set up. Like there was a test dip, that Steve I showed dip. up
2: and I've been thought I was in a different <laughs> class or something. Steve, Steve didn't dip anything. He walked to the temp, to the thermometer that's right next to the, the pool. And that's all he did.
0: I'm just marking C in all these bubbles and I'm going to turn this thing in and take my 25% cuz this is not the test i studied for. <laughs> I love it. All right.
2: So well, that wait. person that person's name is uh what is it called He's uh the guy out of out of uh UConn.
1: Oh, see, I think there's Hawkins. I I think there's Jordan a few. Hawkins. Yeah, I think there's a a few and that was that was one of my toe dupe takes. It's like if we go for shooting, there's four guys that i could see us taking mm-hmm. one of yeah. them is uh, the fan favorite dick Grady dick everybody wants some dick uh jet <laughs> howard juan howard's son from michigan uh, i think he's he's tall i, I think him and dick six are six about the, I think him and dick both, are the same size
2: <laughs> they're both 6'0"
1: yeah um jet howard has showcased the ability all to do a little doesn't bit matter. more okay
0: all, all that all that i need is they have to be able to stay on the court defensively, because or else they won't play. And mm-hmm. I know that. And I, it's I'm not even talking about like shooting, you know, specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a bucket, a bucket. Yeah. Okay. So, are there any guys who can just like go get a bucket and yes. stay on the court 100%. defensively? Because I think that would be fun. Like, kind of like you know, like what we hope slash hoped or currently do hope, Trey Mann could have been.
1: Well, see this is the thing I, I I I was reminded when I put the toe deep draft takes out and I you know people added their own there is a guy that I feel like kind of feels the Trey man um, vision and he's actually bigger than Trey man I think he's six foot six six foot seven something like that but the guard out of Indiana Jalen host like man if is there if a hyphen know, there's a hyphen. <laughs>
0: I'm in. <laughs> There's a hyphen.
1: <laughs> and, like, when you're just measuring, like, the best games in college basketball this year, Jalen Huscafino has, like, two or three of yeah. them. Like, he had, like, 37 points. He, he's had 35 points. Like, I mean, he could do a little bit of everything. He's got the midi. He's got the three-pointer. He can get to the rim. And he's showcased the ability to pass the ball pretty well. He's a good playmaker that I've seen. So, that's, that's another guy that, like, you know, with all the big fours that you're talking about are like gone because it's very possible that they're gone by the time we pick. And, you know, Presti doesn't want to just get like a specialist, like a Grady Dick or something like that. Jalen Huscafino is a good option to kind of put the feet under the fire. Trey, man, like I'm not writing off Trey, man, because I believe in what I saw last year. And I think that there was a lot going on this year. And so I think that, you know, if he puts in the work this summer, he gets in the lab like his boy Shea, and then, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we can see a revitalization, but if not, and we drafted Jalen Huscafino, like there you go. You've got like plug and play six man type player. What's if his you, butt? I, I don't know. It's toe deep, man. I, I, I don't I know think, his butt.
2: <laughs> I think defensively, he's not that good.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. consistent okay. with Trey, man.
0: So, yeah. what? What about what about Nick Smith? No, man. Uh,
1: he's too Small man. He's n- Nick Smith. Reminds me, at, he's like a less athletic James Boot Knight. I would say.
2: Oof, that's what it feels like when I but see he doesn't, him. But he doesn't drink as much, supposedly.
1: We, we don't know that. We, we don't. don't know that. We really don't. We didn't know that with James Boot Knight. Daggon it, he did it. Um, would you know, I was a huge advocate of James Boot Knight so I'm not gonna be a hypocrite and say like that's n- not why I would draft Nick Smith. like I I, I just think he, I mean yeah, he's he's too skinny. like sure, he could theoretically be a bucket off the bench, but gives you nothing defensively. doesn't give you much in terms of like playmaking. Like you know if you're looking for like a decision maker with the ball in his hands or a guy that can make a quick decision, he's not that guy. Uh, he's definitely a guy that you know just kind of likes to pat the rock and go out there and you know and try to get buckets, and that's his entire game. Mm-hmm.
2: He's he's right. basically I, I, I'm going to say this, and I know I'm probably wrong, but he's he's basically Imani Bates without the failed pedigree, without the failed history behind him.
1: I, I don't know, man. He had he had pretty fell pedigree this year. He had a lot yeah, of expectations going into the year. Obviously he battled injuries, but even when he came back, he I think he left the team, then threatened to lead the team. Like it was like it was a big saga. I'm like, you know, that yeah. in and of itself, I, I don't think the Thunder would want
2: anything to do with him. Has he declared, or like, a, is he a hundred percent declared? Or I'm pretty sure, yeah. So he almost, that almost that almost sounds like a a transfer portal type, you know, like yeah situation. But like
1: his name and like what he did on the high school circuit, like yeah. Cam Reddish, like he did not do what people thought he was going to do at Duke. But like based on what we saw from his high school tape and his measurables and his potential, he still got drafted in the lottery. Nick so Smith's you're saying- probably going to get drafted in the lottery.
2: So you're saying that for the next five years, we're going to be looking at this guy and saying, oh, if they gave him time, just <laughs> give him time, or if he's on the right team, he yep. could be a star.
1: Just give him an opportunity, man. What, what Dolan's boy, Nick Smith, cook.
0: Okay, I guess I'll be a Hood Scafino fan then. That's that's what my toe deep take. You said he's yeah. Indiana, is that mm-hmm.
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the upside is, if he's decent, we can trade him to the Pacers to for whoever or their Albertan. star is. For Ty- yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's from Indiana, so it will be like, yes, give us him immediately.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, Tankathon, I don't really love their mocks, but they have him at 16, which is like fringe lottery, but I mean, I'd I'd take him over Sensabaugh. I'd take him over Nick Smith. Like,
2: Yeah, yeah is crazy I, with all the knee injuries.
1: I think he's a lottery... I think he's a lottery guy and I like sense Like I have him on my list. Like if we're going shooting because like he is, he gets it done shooting um, as well as Jordan Hawkins does. But yeah, if, if we're going, like if we're going into the draft and like all those big fours are gone, we don't want a shooting specialist. I'm like, okay, we need to find another option off the bench for a score, you know, decision maker. I think he fits a lot of the mold, and also I put this in my toady draft picks. You could do a lot worse with your draft pick than Case from Wallace out of Kentucky. It's not just because he's Kentucky, a hundred percent best defender in the class, perimeter defense, bar none. One of the best shot blockers from the guard percentage, or from the guard, position, percentage. from the guard position that I've ever seen like can block with two hands, right hand, left hand, like crazy instincts. Um, I think he ended the year like 34% from three, but like there was a stretch he was shooting 38, 40% from three. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, this Kentucky team was not very good, had not a lot of space. And Oscar Sheboy just clogging the paint. You know, I, I think you can kind of write that off a little bit. Uh, I think that he is going to be able to shoot the ball, maybe not like elite 40% shooting, but you know, that 36, 38%, something like that. And he's, he's got a nice finishing package as well. So, you know, if, if you get Jalen Huscafino or Kaysom Wallace, you know, they both kind of feel the same role, but definitely do different things. Uh, I would be ecstatic with either one of them.
2: So Dolan, your toe, toe deep take.
0: Buckets. It's <laughs> all he wants, man. He wants buckets. <laughs> You know what? I approve.
2: Fluffy pancakes and
0: car wash. It, it just came times in these in like in the Minnesota game, for instance, where if Shea wasn't getting buckets, bucket. it just felt like we were stuck in mud a little bit. You know, like I love Jalen and Giddy, but their game isn't really beat a guy off the dribble and create hey. their own bucket.
2: Hey, Dylan, Sir. Are we Sir? recording? Yes. Okay.
1: Why do you ask that?
2: Because I, I, I usually see like a record thing. Hmm.
1: Yeah, right. It, it okay. says, it's got the countdown. It says in recording over there. Oh, okay, the cool, right.
2: cool, cool. Okay. Just checking.
1: Gosh, freak me out real quick. Um, yeah, no. And then, you know, one of the other takes I had was, ideally, I want one of the four of Taylor Hendricks, Cam Whitmore, Jairus Walker, and this is personal for me, Osor Thompson. I think that one of those four players really fits into what we need and can slide into that fourth spot like almost immediately.
2: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Ask me. What percentage do you think that we end up with two lottery picks this year? Mm Hmm... Could get I, I, I would, yeah. I would say you know forty, sixty, fifty fifty. I mean, and with I, that I think, kind
1: of draft capital, man.
2: Yeah, man. You know, you've already you've already heard heard the rumblings with with Portland saying, "Hey, if we don't end up with you know the first and second pick, we're gonna be you know, it's gonna be a, a seller's market when it comes to our pick." Hmm. I think I think we do come out of this draft with at least two lottery picks.
1: Be nice. I mean, hey, we just came off of three lottery picks last year.
2: Yeah,
1: so that'd be wild, man. End up with six lottery picks in three years.
0: I would like Got that. It. Yeah,
1: I mean, in terms of recipe for success, you could do a lot worse. Uh, the last one I have after Sneeze here.
2: You know, I think I it's, it's, it's going away? Expands. Dang, oh
1: my my I'm so mad.
2: If you oh. announce it, it doesn't come.
1: Maybe that was the strategy, but honestly, I I feel like I really want to sneeze. Anyways, my last one is uh, I would love to take those those second round picks that we have. What are they? They're uh, 35 and 37. I would love to package them. Oh, yeah, potentially. I would love to package those second rounders and maybe like a bad first to move into the late first round and get Julian Strother out of Gonzaga a guy that has played with Chet Holmgren, um, you know, last year for that Gonzaga team, uh, trying to see what his measurables are. Okay. So he's six foot seven. Um, says he's a shooting guard, but he can really play wing. And he's kind of just a do it all kind of guy. I mean, he's athletic. He can finish around the rim. He could do a little bit of shooting, a little bit of mid range. He could defend a little bit like, He's, he's kind of a jack of all trades, but like you know, much like last year, I really want to win down Moore in the second round, just because mm-hmm. I wanted like that like veteran wing to come in and, like tie everything together. Uh, Strother kind of you know fulfills that for me, and you know, granted, I haven't like dove into him in terms of like uh, his style of play and like his tendencies and what like he's phenomenal at, but you know, just like from a snapshot and obviously the familiarity with Chet and Presti's affinity for Gonzaga players. I would love this guy. He
2: has an affinity for Gonzaga big men. So Drew Timmy, step on down. Oh, God, get the freak out of here.
0: (laughs) I I would just like to once again formally protest the idea (laughs) of discussing second-round prospects with our (laughs) toes.
1: Hey, he's a, he's a late first, Dolan. Late first round here. Formal protest. Oh, and my absolute last one. I didn't include this, but it was prevalent. The third round? Are we talking about the third round now? <laughs> despite what the popular opinion may be, despite what the past tendencies of our front office may be, miss me. With the Anthony Black and Ryan Repair takes, I do not want them on this team. There we have.
2: What what, what did did Ryan Repair do to you? Everything. Ew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With his toes? (laughs) I hate (laughs) y'all. Yeah, no, I just. uh, Ryan Repair is like. A shorter, worse offensive, worst offensively, more physical Uzman uh, just in terms of like his body type, um, and you know really like his uh, his comeuppance. I think they played high school ball together, uh, French French Pro League, and then transitioned into the NBL. And now they're going the, into the NBA draft. Um, you know, obviously who's can do a lot more with the ball in his hand, has much better feel, higher basketball IQ, better shooting. Um, and it's just like amazing in every facet. Uh, and then Anthony black, like, <clears throat> uh, shout out Chris Fullerton. He said, you know, he's, he's a bigger, more athletic, better defending Josh Giddy. Uh, we're already struggling, you know, like we, we just saw the limitations of having Josh Getty. Uh, in the Minnesota Timberwolves game. And Ooh, I believe... Man, that...
2: Josh Giddy <laughs> catching Strays. No, it's not
1: strays. I oh, believe in Josh Giddy because we saw what he could do in the Pelicans game. Like, we saw the actualized version of Josh Giddy and how he works alongside Shea. I don't think you should complicate that with bringing another guy in that, A, requires the ball as much as Josh Giddy B, struggles to shoot the ball. And, you know... See once again, just like takes the ball away from Josh Giddey and Shaygo Alexander, and also a Dub. Like I, I just, I, I don't like it. I don't like the fit. That's just me. That's just me. That's my take. That's my draft take.
2: I do agree. I do agree with Anthony Black. I do agree with that. I, I will tell you this. Um, more than likely, if, if the Thunder, from what I remember from last year's draft interview with Presty. If they have been scouting Usman Jane for years, mm-hmm. you can damn near bet that they have been scouting Rayon Repair for years, also.
1: They were waiting so, for the Grossberg, and it never came. We're not drafting him.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: Uh, that's my story, where I'm sticking to it.
2: We're, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be, you know, France, OKC France, because you know we're, we're going to mess around and get Koulibaly. We're going to mess around and get Repair. We're gonna get them all. Timmy, Timmy sounds French, also. So we're gonna go ahead and get him too.
1: Still French got the around there.
2: So yeah, yeah. And you know they gotta they gotta get they got they have to get in Rudy Gobert's ear and tell him that oh, you know God, Kyle no. Anderson is cussing him out in French. <laughs> Sacre bleu! <laughs> Sacre bleu! God,
1: that killed me every time I listen back to that. Oh, amazing. All right, well, that uh, that I, I think I, I, ten toes down. I think I, I've knocked out every toe draft draft take that I had. Uh, Dolan feels lied to. He is filing a petition uh, to have me removed. And uh,
0: Alex I wasn't he, planning on lawyers. swimming. <laughs> Didn't even bring my swim trunks.
2: Dolan Not still always. has a cell phone in his pocket.
0: <laughs>
1: tune tune into the next draft takes when we go ankle deep into Ooh. our takes.
2: I mean, so, we're going to go, I'll we're bring gonna go my full, snorkel. <laughs> we're going to go full submersible in the next, in the next podcast. Cause you know, the the Tyler's are going to be there.
1: Yeah. They, they're going to go that deep. Like we're going to be sitting on the side, watching them do flips and stuff in the water. So yeah. But uh yeah, no, great plug. Once again, uh, remember that the next episode of the no seamless, will be having the Tyler's, uh Rucker and Metcalf on the podcast to dive into this trap. We will go much deeper than toe deep. Um, you know, me and whoever is on the pod with me will be, you know, just admiring from the far as they like just wax poetic on these guys. Tell us who fits the best for the Thunder. Tell us guys that uh, you know, may or may not uh be worth trading up for and maybe even draw some intel. Uh Rucker Rucker's good for that. So uh he gave us that little nugget last year about uh in the in the FIBA games whenever they asked Jay Ivey who the leader on the team was and he was like Chet that's not even close and you know that's that that came from Rucker who uh, got that directly from Mike Schmitz so Rucker's connected boys that's all I gotta say uh but with that being said definitely look forward to that podcast I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. I'm sorry it took so long for us to get back on here. Life hit us all in crazy ways. Nova's been in the hospital. He came home from the hospital, moved into this house, moved into it not ready, and we're still fixing a lot of things. Like It's just, it's just been wild, crazy. But, hey, Nova's home. I got all these freaking light fixtures up right now. We're feeling good. Draft is upon us. <coughs> Let's get into it. So, with that being said, on behalf of myself, Alex, Stephen, Dole, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can, and as always,
2: thunder up. Thunder up.
1: Dole, and you're muted for a thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs>